Jumpstart your savings with Commonwealth Central Credit Union. We'll even help you get started by giving you $200 when you open our high-yield GTKY savings account. Whether you want to build emergency savings, save for a big purchase, or put money aside for a special event, we're here to help you reach your financial goals. Jumpstart your savings with $200 from Commonwealth. Visit wealthcu.org and enter promo code JUMPSTART. Federally insured by NCUA. Certain restrictions apply. Visit website for complete details. Get dressed, ye women and ye men, in Tommy John each day. Remember, it's the perfect gift to give this holiday. <laughs> With over 18 million pairs sold to good boys and girls just like you, Tommy John is rearing in this softness season with a gift to those who made my nice list. You deserve a special gift of Tommy John underwear and loungewear. <laughs> One beautiful altar of the land, Tommy John's family ward. Underwear and loungewear upon each breast. This holiday season, make everyone in your family that much more comfortable with the holiday gift of Tommy John underwear and loungewear. For the holidays, get 20% off your first order at TommyJohn.com slash victory. 20% off at TommyJohn.com slash victory. See site for details. It's time for the opening to, to opening drive. Oh, by the way, the other quarterback, <laughs> he is motivated to play against the Bears. The one thing you say about Aaron Rodgers, and we have said a lot of things, not all of them flattering, most of them not lately especially, but he leans in to this Bears-Packers rivalry in a way that I can appreciate and I oh, think yeah. Bears fans should because I think in a weird way, you're going to miss him when he's gone. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth because I was going to say the exact same thing, David, and I've been saying it to people all week that, 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 that the Bears fans, as much as they will gladly put the, the torment in their rearview mirror and all the losses and all the things that, that, that Aaron Rodgers does in cruel fashion to rip their heart out and stomp on it right in front of them, he brings an element of, we talked about it earlier in the week, theater. He brings an element of entertainment. He brings an element of excitement to the games he plays in. That's, that's fun. I thought it was fun this afternoon. I, you know, earlier in the week, we talked about Cole Komet saying, yeah, bring it on. I want to see Aaron Rodgers on Sunday. So I asked Jalen Johnson, I said, Cole kind of spoke for you guys on defense and said he wants to see Aaron Rodgers. Do you want to see him? And, and, and Jalen said 100%. And then he said, look, he's a shit talker. And he said that, that he's a guy that over his time has, has proven that he can talk a big game and back it up. And the way that he is as a ferocious competitor energizes the guys on the other sideline. Right. And so that's the fun of this. Right. Like this is why we're in this business. This is why we cover this league, because the, the, the drama and the entertainment and the stakes and the stars and all the things that come with it are always present when Aaron Rodgers is on the field and when Aaron Rodgers visits Chicago, he's had a lot of success here. I think this will be uh, his, his 16th trip in uh, and, and he's won 12 times here at Soldier Field. So he loves, he loves the, uh, the stage here. He loves the fan base here. And we can get into to more of that in a minute, but you just, you just love that he puts his arms fully around this rivalry, gives it a big hug and says, let's go. Yeah. I think that I respect him on the field. I respect the way that he does talk trash to <laughs> the opponent, especially the Bears. I respect everything about Aaron Rodgers, the football player. Now, Aaron Rodgers, the football diva, is somebody that has bothered me in recent years. And I think that commentary is, is kind of reserved for a special 
type of uh, uh, it's not related to what he does yeah. in the pocket and yep. on Sunday between noon and three, as it will be on, on, on this Sunday afternoon. But I think, Dan, as well, when you look at all that he has done in terms of against the Bears, there's yeah. so many moments to stand out. Last year's I own you moment, but I, I don't know to me if that that's going to be probably part of the clips that, that they play in Canton and it'll be fun when he's getting inducted in the Hall of Fame to reminisce about that. But to me, it's still going to be the, the Chris Conti, Randall Cobb breakdown, Aaron Rodgers in that game. I think that's the one that will stand out to me. Well, here, so let's go through this a little bit because this is a very interesting topic of conversation. Number one, uh, let let me be very clear that that my uh, I do not subscribe to many of Aaron Rodgers' worldviews. Let's just put that out there on the table and say uh, that he, Same. Fasc- <laughs> he fascinates me in a lot of ways in that regard. Uh, he triggers more than a few eye rolls, but whenever he is on my schedule for the week, the itinerary says Packers, right? And I've had 10 years on this beat and two in Minnesota where I've had a lot of opportunities to watch Aaron Rodgers play. I genuinely get excited because number one, as a football player, he's one of the best of all time to play. And you see him do things that you don't see a lot of quarterbacks be able to do. And so that's exciting to be in the building for that many moments to watch that guy play. The second part of it is is, is what you say with this rivalry, the I own you thing, right? Like this, is, this was a big moment last year where Rodgers punctuates the victory at Soldier Field and goes in that uh, South west corner of uh, of soldier field and and uses some choice words and tells the fans over there i own you i still bleeping own you now you remember david after that game he claimed and i and i i'm phrasing this very 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 specific in a very specific way he claimed that there was a woman up in that part of the stands giving him the double bird i think that was a figment of aaron Rodgers' imagination i think that was his justification for letting some competitive tenacity out and, and shouting up there because no one has been able to confirm that this so-called double bird flipping woman is out there i would have a feeling that if she was she would have spoken up somewhere right in social media we're always able to find these characters in the stands in 2022 right that that we can find this woman i don't think exists but it gave aaron the the fodder to 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 light that one off well i think that there are a lot of things that we could point to in recent years that have been figments of his imagination (laughs) and this is just we don't want to get it that's a that's a different podcast that's a a statement that stands alone it's a different podcast but, but i think that that's interesting because she might have been a composite character. Like, you know, a lot <laughs> right. of the person didn't really exist. Like you remember in Rudy, the <laughs> the janitor that let Rudy in, right? Guy who was you know clapping like that. <laughs> he never existed. He was a composite character that they invented. And I think this woman who gave him the double bird in the end zone was probably like that. I, I'm with you. So many people that flipped him off over the years, and he said, "I own you." And it was to her, but it was collective <laughs> her Chicago. So before we advance this discussion further, because got, I've got to rewind to something you said about 2013 in a minute. Aaron Rodgers was asked in Green Bay at his uh, his weekly availability, which, by the way, is, is as long as any quarterback in the league does weekly. I think he spoke for 21 minutes on Wednesday afternoon up at Lambeau Field. Uh, he was asked about the I own you episode. And here was what he said uh, as he recalled it this year. I've been hearing for fans for 15 years down there, so I don't expect anything to be different. I have a lot of respect for the city of Chicago and the sports fans. I grew up, said it many times, watching you know, WGN was one of the few channels we had on our TV, so I grew up watching Cubs games and Bulls games, and um, you know, so I've been a fan of Chicago sports for a while. I have a lot of respect for the city and, 
and uh, the legacy of uh, excellence that the team and, and the uh, you know the region has. But I always enjoy playing against the Bears. David, I think that that appreciation is sincere. I think it's genuine. I think he sincerely loves the passion of this sports town. I think he genuinely understands what this rivalry means to both cities. And so I love that part of this whole thing because it, it, it is a guy who, who comes into it. Now, would he have the same feeling in this rivalry if he was 5-24 and 24 instead of 24-5? and five? Probably not. I think he really enjoys and relishes the role of, of being the tormentor and doing those things. And, and in another forum this week, when he was asked about the I own you comments. He said it wouldn't even make my top five list, right? Of moments where he's right. torn the bears out. So you mentioned uh, 2013 in recent vintage Rogers has mentioned January, 2011, which is the, the NFC championship game oh, at the yeah. end of the 2010 season. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right. I mean, you get you, you claim the George Hallis trophy on soldier field to go to the super bowl and win your first super bowl. That's a moment that's going to be that's high up on your mantle. Right. He brings up 2016. I had forgotten about this one until until he, he recounted this recently. The Bears were, were, were losing to the Packers 27-10 going into the fourth quarter at Soldier Field and rattled off 17 straight points behind John Fox and Matt Barkley. All right. They tie the game at 27. And it's one of these moments where Soldier Field's alive and you're like, OK, there's some magic here. There's some magic here. And then Aaron comes out and hits Jordy Nelson for 60 yards. They kick a game winning walk off field goal. And you go, of course, that's how this ends. Right. This is, of course, that's how it ends. Even even the most spirited rivalry or, or, or rally gets shot down at the end by this assassin. And then 2013. What I love about 2013 is you remember everything that led up to that game, right? Rogers is out for two months with a collarbone that he broke and not just a collarbone that he broke, but a collarbone that he broke getting sacked by Shane McClellan at Lambeau field in a game. The Packers lost to Josh McCown. And it was like, Oh, Aaron's done for the year. Aaron's done for the year. Aaron's done for the year. The bears squandered several chances to clinch the NFC North. And it set up a winner go home final week game at Soldier Field between the Bears and the Packers, and it goes back and forth, and Rodgers throws a pick to Chris Conti. He throws a pick to Tim Jennings. He remembers all these things in vivid detail, and he also remembers getting the ball back down 28-27 to 27 with six and a half minutes to go for the last time, going on a drive that covers 87 yards, David, and ends with a 48-yard touchdown pass on fourth and eight to Randall Cobb. And Rodgers can, can recite this. I'm writing about this at, at, at ChicagoTribute.com for Friday morning. The vivid detail that he remembers about that play, about how he wanted that the, the Bears had a seven-man blitz coming and the Packers had six uh, a six-man protection and if the Bears use the right rush pattern they get home they break up the play they win the game they win the division and history is rewritten but instead the rush pattern doesn't get home and then Rodgers sees Jordy Nelson who he wants on the hot route get blown up by Major Wright and which should have been a, an illegal contact call and he says oh no I can't go to my hot route and John Kuhn comes over and cut blocks Julius Peppers and now all of a sudden he's got an opening and Randall Cobb is all alone behind Chris Conti and he throws it and it's just this moment that that even nine years later, he remembers every single vivid detail and blade of grass and 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 visible breath in the in the December air and all of it, right? And it just tells you what this rivalry is and how much he has left his imprint on it in such indelible ways that he can casually say, I own you isn't even in his top five and be totally right. Unfortunately, so do Bears fans remember <laughs> that play vividly. And unfortunately, so does Chris Conti because I would maintain yeah. that he never recovered from that 
psychologically. I he think became a villain here. I mean, he became a villain here. He became a villain, and that was one play that a guy who was actually a pretty good NFL safety went to Tampa, had his revenge one day down in Florida, but a guy who never overcame that one play. And frankly, Dan, if I recall the, cert- the stakes – the Bears win, they're in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a winner-take-all division title game. That one play not only scarred Conti for his football life, but it also changed Bears history because Mark Tressman, who the wheels fell off a year later, but if he had that playoff right. uh, berth and, and made it in 2013 in his first season, there might have been a deeper well of patience when you're talking about that, but as it turned out who cares they blew the lead Rodgers burned them they couldn't stop Randall Cobb and we had a play for the ages and I think that's the one why it keeps on you know you can't get it out of your head if you were there and Bears fans can't to forget it because of what it meant in terms of magnitude. And it's one of the ones that Roger still still loves. I mean, he still yeah. loves talking about it, and that's why he remembers it in such vivid detail, which brings us to this year, right? Like, right. So now you're at a situation where the Packers are 4-8, and eight, and Aaron Rodgers has got at least bruised ribs. They might be cracked. He won't say. He's got a broken right thumb. They're playing for nothing. Jordan loves waiting in the wings. There's an opportunity here for the Packers to maybe say, okay, let's take a look at our our young quarterback, get a better glimpse at our secession plan here and see which direction we can go with this. And Aaron Rodgers says, not so fast. We're not eliminated mathematically. And he says this with such conviction. We can run the last five. You know, let's get this one in Chicago, go into the bye, try and come back, win, win the last five. He says it with, with enough conviction that you say, okay, I believe that you possibly can. Deep down, I don't think they have any prayer of winning the last five uh, in the ways that they have in, in, in previous back-against-the-wall situations. But Rodgers is determined to play, and he's determined to play in this game, and he's determined to play in this rivalry, and he's determined to fight through all pain and discomfort because that's who he is. And he said, you know, candidly, look, I, I started my career playing behind a guy that started 300 consecutive football games, right? And you learn a certain level of commitment and toughness and and investment to the guys around you. And so Aaron Rodgers was on his usual Tuesday appearance with the Pat McAfee show, which God bless the the writers in Green Bay that have to track that every week, because I would probably put a fork in my eye if I had a, to, to listen to that back and forth every single week for 18 weeks. But he was asked about needing to play in this game. And David, I think we're going to listen to it here. There's a lot of meat on this bone that we can discuss after we hear Rodgers' thoughts on playing through pain and, and putting himself on the line. We're eight and four, four and eight, 12 and oh, oh and 12. I'd be wanting to suit up this week. Oh, yeah. How come and not I- just because it's Chicago, because that's what you do. You know, when you're, when you're a player, you go out there and if you can play, you play. You don't need some doctor to give you an excuse. Oh man, I don't know, maybe one more week, you know, not quite a hundred percent. No, if you can go out there and compete and you have competitive greatness, in your body, in your heart, in your mind, you go out and play. Hell yeah, dude. Hey, felt like I was in a movie right there, dude. That was like, is that that's your mindset it always happens? Hey, is that an issue, though? For real, though, Pat, that's an issue I have. Aaron, is that a thing? Is that something, like, as you've been in the league for so long, has that changed from where guys would play through pretty much anything at times? And then is, is there more people now who just, I think people surround players and tell them to shut it down. Does that happen more often where, hey, if I'm not if I'm not 100, I, there's no chance I'm playing. AJ, you said when he said look for an excuse there, right? Because I kind of, my antennas yeah. went up there as well. Is that something you're seeing? Just not maybe on your team, but around the NFL? That's a good question, AJ. Oh, I could. I would assume it's, it's probably uh, more prevalent now uh, than maybe it used to be. I think that there's 
and understandably, I guess, there's fear around what does it mean if I'm not 100% and I don't play my absolute best going out there? Does that mean can I live with that reality? And I think many people can't. Uh, for me, I can because I know what competitive greatness is. It's going out there and trying to do your best all the time and putting your body on the line and putting uh, your your body on the line for your teammates and knowing that if you're 90%, 80%, 70% gives your team the best chance to win, then you're out there and you're playing. And, and also being able to look in the mirror. I mean, that's honestly the only person you have to really uh, appease and, and whose opinion you got to live up to is that person staring right back at you. So that's why I've always wanted to play, and that's why I've never wanted to come out of games. Because I'm going to look in the mirror and know that I did everything I could to be out there with my guys. I put my body on the line willingly. And that that's the nature of being a fierce competitor and striving for competitive greatness is that it's not really a question. I don't need somebody to tell me, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe another week you'll be 100%. Maybe just wait one more week. No, no, no. That's just never how I've played. Now, I probably got some help playing behind a guy who played in 300-plus straight starts, you know, because it was never even a question for him. But you can't say that the, there's the same approach now than it was maybe back then. It's amazing stuff, David. I mean, I, McAfee's right. It, it did feel like a movie soliloquy, right? It's, it's like it almost gives you goosebumps. You understand that these are the types of uh, competitive – leaders that guys respond to you've obviously been in the business long enough you know when you're around people that that give you that 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 juice that ignites your passion right and and rogers is one of these guys i'd be curious to know what what you make of all that because there's a lot there's a lot within there was that dennis quaid or aaron rogers <laughs> I, it, did, it did seem like a little bit of a movie a couple of things i think number one that's not a surprise when you have observed and respected for as long as we have observed and respected Aaron Rodgers. He's a pretty tough guy. He plays through a lot of pain and injury, as it turns out. I think also to apply what he said to the the news of the day, it helps you understand fully what Justin Fields feels as well because i think that inherent competitive greatness that inherent desire to want to play through pain and injury for the good of your teammates for the good of the cause that's difficult to describe but impossible to ignore and i think that's one of the big reasons why justin fields was on the practice field thursday why he will likely play on sunday and dan i think it also goes back to this it's one of the reasons Justin Fields was as transparent as he was when he was talking about his injury a week ago before the Jets yeah. game. Because this is the last point on this. Players have to take control of their injury in terms of, number one, how they feel in their return, and number two, what people know about their condition. And he referenced this uh, indirectly and certainly not intentionally when Aaron Rodgers was talking, you know, the bears have recent experience and one of Aaron Rodgers favorite memories is one of the toughest ones for bears fans. It was a 2011 championship game, the NFC championship game. Jay Cutler famously did not play in the second half because he had a sprained MCL. As it turned out, he had a serious legitimate valid injury and a serious legitimate valid reason for not being on the field. But you know what? Nobody told us that. There was all this 
this scared silence, this vague description. And Jay Cutler still, to this day, is paying for that in terms of a reputation cost in Chicago because some people don't believe he was hurt. I work with people who don't believe he was hurt. And yet that that inherent desire to be on the field, I can't – I'll never believe that he didn't want to be on the field. I understand what Aaron Rodgers is talking about. I think it's it's what you have to have – to be successful in the NFL as a professional athlete. Not everybody has it. Some people can overcome it and do it without that. But I think when he talks about that competitive greatness, wanting to play regardless of the stakes, regardless of the significance, I get it totally. I think he put that pretty well. I think it was 2013 when Cutler had a, a groin that was almost basically torn off the bone and came back in like 15 days. You have to do the math and, and relook it up. But it was like four weeks sooner than the initial prognosis was. And from that day forward, I never second guessed Jay Cutler's toughness again. Right. Like the guy played through a lot. Uh, and to your point, dealt with a reputation that was probably unjustified because of some messaging back in a day where, where messaging was different. Right. The, the world was different back then in terms of the, the forums that were out there and available to guys to, to express things. But, but, you know, some people may hear innuendo in those comments from Aaron Rodgers based on his opponent this week and based on the fact that Justin Fields is still coming back. And, and here, is this a, a subtle dare from, the, from the, the, uh, the, the, the other sideline, right? Saying, hey, Justin, you don't need to be 100%. Get out there and play, uh, whether it's a dare, inspiration, advice, whatever you may call it. There's something lingering within those comments that applies directly to what the Bears are doing this week. Justin's Competitive desire, his hunger, his toughness has never been in question. To your point, if he plays Sunday and plays poorly, I think that's better than not playing at all because I think it shows the people around you that you're going to go to those lengths to be with them and give you, uh, give them everything you have, even if you know you're only at 75%, but 75% of you is better than, you know, 100% of your, your backup or your third stringer. Then you get out there and you give it your all, as Roger said. And so this is a, this is a cool week for all these reasons. It's, it's just a, a fun week to see how Justin handles this, to see how he plays, to see what the, just the entire theater of this whole thing is by the time we get to Sunday night and we're, we're doing our post-game pod from Soldier Field. Yeah, because I think that you, we could read into it that way, but I don't think that Aaron Rodgers was no. Justin Field. No. At the same time, what you say uh, it, it just applies. <laughs> because we're talking about a, a quarterback who, as we have discussed, at this young stage of his career, which we hope is going to be a long one and successful one in Chicago, he has missed as many games to injury as he has won on the field. So you don't want to have that become part of your uh, right profile because you don't want to be known as a guy that has an availability problem. And not that he does. I don't know. Haw's not great bad on Justin Fields, okay? But you, have to, you can't ignore – the way the player thinks. And I think we got a glimpse of that in, in Aaron Rodgers' little soliloquy there is that you always are concerned, number one, with missing out on something and, and you want to be there for your teammates. And number two, as crazy as it sounds, there's part of Aaron Rodgers that doesn't want to open the door to Jordan Love. Absolutely. There's part of every competitor that never wants to let his backup have that slight little crevice or crack for an opening that they can take over. Well, to that point, Aaron still references 2007 when he 
came in in a game where Brett Favre got hurt within a game and played well enough that the Packers reconsidered their plans after that season. And the next thing you know, uh, Brett Favre was was no longer with the Packers and headed to New York. Uh, and, and and so, look, like you don't want that door to open for the guy behind you because you just don't know if it's your last day then. And so uh, we'll see where this goes. We'll have a lot more on Justin in a little bit about what's available for him over these last five weeks of the season. Uh, but I mean, I'm telling you, man, like th- when I got the participation report Thursday afternoon and it said Justin Fields full, there was a spike in, in my excitement level. There was a spike in, in the way my blood was pumping because Fields versus Rogers is why we sign up. Right. This is this is the type of thing, given the emergence that Justin had in November and given who Aaron is like you've got the opportunity now for the young up and coming emerging Bears quarterback to take down the Packers legend in a December game outdoors at Soldier Field. It it sets up in a way that's super appealing and super intriguing. Last thing on Rodgers before we move on to our numbers game. So I asked Wayne Larravee on the score on Thursday morning. Wayne, of course, the voice of the Packers, who knows both the Bears and the Packers as well as anybody, been part of the rivalry since 1985 when he was doing Bears games. But I asked him, will he frame this? Will he uh, address this as possibly Aaron Rodgers' last game at Soldier Field in a Packers uniform because of everything we we talked about and everything everybody knows about the uncertainty around Rodgers' future? And he said... No way. (laughs) And he said, there are 60 million reasons why it won't be. He was pretty certain, Dan. I don't know that everybody in Green Bay is that certain, but I was struck by his confidence that Aaron Rodgers will play again, right again at Soldier Field. Well, it's also a funeral you want to be late to rather than early to, right? Because because guys like that, you know, five years ago, we thought Tom Brady was done, right? And then, and then he, I think he's won two more Super Bowls since everybody basically had him on the way out. And so with the greats, you just you err on, <laughs> on the side of, of caution and common sense and everything that uh, tells you that these guys find a way. So we'll, we'll see what direction it goes. I'll tell you that I will uh, savor every single moment, right? Like that, that we get to cover this and watch it play because in the times and the games that I've had to cover Rodgers, it's rarely uh, been a letdown. It really has. And so let's see what Sunday has to offer.